There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. There is no better group of plants for flower power than forms of the shrubby potentilla. Hello and welcome to This Week in the Garden. I'm Peter Seabrook here to help with some of your gardening quandaries. Later on, I'll be joined by an award-winning horticulturist and garden writer. Her new book, Secret Gardens of East Anglia, is out now. It's Barbara Siegel. My thanks to my producer, Charlie Jones, and to Thompson & Morgan, sponsors of this week's podcast. Well, as I rather indicated last week, it's been a busy eight days. I was up in Cheshire for the Four Acres show on Wednesday, then I went to Blooms at Bressingham, saw Adrian, fantastic, his garden, on Thursday. At a funeral on Friday, it was the funeral of the wife of Ben Harvey, Betty Harvey, and Ben was the principal at the college where I trained in 54, 56, and one of the things the Harveys did was to invite all the students up for coffee one evening. It was a bit of a nerve-wracking uh, experience, actually, for us rather green-horned students, but they were very kind, uh, and the church was absolutely packed, quite rightly. She was a great lady, fondly remembered. And then on Saturday I went off to Wisley to see the RHS Wisley show. Boy, the... Uh, grass had been torn up quite a bit there and then uh, I had Sunday in the garden thank goodness before I went to Birmingham for the Glee exhibition and now of course back in London the sun office for this recording a lot's happened I'll tell you in those uh, eight days and uh, we'll have uh, some reports in the paper on the 30th of September and more on the uh, podcast here over the coming weeks one interesting bit of news uh, this week is celeriac rice. Yeah, I can see you asking what on earth you're on about now. Apparently, uh, as a base for risottas and uh, microwaved for curry, if you chop celeriac roots up into little tiny pieces, it can be used just like rice. Waitrose are actually offering it. I also hear that spiralizers. I don't know whether you've heard about those, are being blamed for the decline in conventional pasta uh, because uh, cooks are substituting spiralised vegetables instead of pasta. Well, it'll be very healthy for them, won't it? I remember just a few weeks ago, Colin Randall, the uh, potato wizard from uh, Thompson & Morgan, was demonstrating how to spiralise potatoes Actually, he should have practised it once or twice before he went in front of a group of the gardening press because it took him a few minutes to get the spirals to spiral. But uh, interesting development. Now, they say that uh, a farmer's boots are the best fertiliser and I think perhaps the gardener's eyes go uh, along the same route. I noticed one or two leaves in the centre of uh, the sprout, one of the sprouts near the path, was getting holes in it. You know, I'd sprayed for caterpillar. All the whole plants were netted to keep cabbage whites off. 
But when I looked right in the centre, there was a little tiny slug eating things away. You know, the sprouts must be two and a half feet high, so uh, wet weather encourages them, I suppose, to climb up. Boy, you do need to keep your eyes open, uh, and if you can, walk about the garden once or twice a day and get jobs done at just the right time. Boy, it can save a lot of effort later. Now, at this time of year, of course, the Christmas hyacinths will be arriving in the shops. It's just useful to know how they get hyacinths to grow quickly and flower in time for Christmas. The hyacinth growers lift the bulbs as soon as they can, that's as soon as the leaves have yellowed, and then they put them in a very warm store so that the bulbs have that feeling of a concentrated summer. And when they've had a few weeks at really quite a high temperature, they drop the temperature, so the bulbs then go through a concentrated autumn. And when we buy the uh, prepared hyacinths at this time of year, they think it's Christmas. And so when we pot them up, of course, they make root very quickly and grow very quickly. I can give you one or two tips. I think that they're best grown singly, the hyacinth bulbs, in a 9 centimetre or 3.5 inch pot. Make sure the compost is nice and damp first, and if it is damp enough, when you squeeze a handful really tight, the moisture should just come from between your fingers. So once you've got this really moist, general-purpose potting compost, fill the pots loosely, cross them off at the top, and then screw the bulb through 180 degrees into that loose compost, pushing it down, so it's in for about half its depth. And then it should be at just about the right firmness. Once you've got these bulbs singly potted, then get a piece of uh, polythene, you can open up an old compost bag, and spread it out against a north-facing wall or somewhere cool and shaded. Space the potted bulbs out over that, and then cover them either with old potting compost or dry leaves or something and pull the plastic right over the top so they're in the dark and the cool and damp. Keep an eye on them and if the compost does dry out, it's not very likely, but if it does, then just obviously give them uh, a water. But don't bring them indoors until you've got two inches of shoot and then, boy, they'll grow when you bring them indoors in late November, early December. And the beauty of having them singly is that you can match bulbs at the same stage of growth so that when they're transferred into decorative bulbs, they all flower at the same time. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
Now today uh, I have what I'd like to think is a very special friend to uh, have a chat to, Barbara Siegel. Barbara, you have that lovely South African accent. <laughs> it comes and goes. Oh, does it? <laughs> well, I don't mind if you switch it on a bit. <laughs> and if I sound a bit husky today, it's because I'm afraid I've gone down with one of these summer colds, which are a cursed nuisance. Well, you need a little bit of honey and lemon then. I do, and perhaps a drop of whiskey with Something it when, else, I, when yeah. I go to bed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Barbara, I think when we first met, you had a lovely little presentation book the holly and ivy i did indeed peter i've got a copy of it in front of me it was a charming book and a, and a perfect gift i think you launched it christmas time didn't you edit that's right and we definitely saw it as a gift book it had a little red and green ribbon around the cover and um, it all came about because i lived in a house called holly cottage and i started thinking about holly and ivy and those plants that we associate with christmas and so was that the start of your garden writing career? I think so, yes, it was. I'd written for um, a publishing company called Marshall Cavendish, who had done some gardening part works, but those never were on the newsstands. They were sort of, you subscribed to those. And I'd always been interested in botany at school, so that's my sort of back connection with plants. And we'd also work together, if work is the right word, with what was then the Garden Writers Guild and is now called the Garden Media Guild. That's right. I think you were the the main mover and I was one of the um, people who were thrilled to be invited to an early meeting at Wisley. But you've been an unbelievably loyal supporter of that organisation. You know, I mean, I've dropped back over the years, but you've sort of really worked away at that. Well, I love doing things for it, and particularly I enjoyed editing its magazine for a number of years, and um, at one time I think I was even chairman, as you were in, in the early days. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Barbara, part of the reason for bringing that up is that I had an email yesterday from Chris Baines, the wildlife garden fellow, who, yes. who we actually interviewed here on the podcast a month or two ago, and he had this email, if, if you could bear me the time it comes from Jim Ashton who along with his brother Joel run Hazelwood Landscapes Limited we're based in South Lincolnshire but travel nationwide designing installing and promoting all things wildlife garden last weekend we were thrilled to win best stand commercial sector and best stand best in show at the bird fair Rutland water for our wildlife garden so they were pretty successful. Mm. And the reason I wanted to write this to Chris is that about 20 years ago, when I was a boy, I read the very first time How to Make a Wildlife Garden. And quite honestly, Chris, that book changed my life. From the mm. moment I read your book, I wanted nothing more than to build homes for wildlife in my mum's small garden and consequently got in trouble for cutting a hole <laughs> in the shed door to convert into a bird hide. And I've been on a mission ever since. I understand you're a busy man and don't want to take up any more of your time, but I just want you to know that everything I do with my work started from reading your book, and you're a real hero to me. I mean, we we don't realise, I think, when we write books and articles, how much influence we could have. No, it's a lovely, lovely um, letter. Because, I mean, you've written quite a list of books, and you know, I went on to... Uh, 
the internet, <laughs> and I was surprised how many titles. You're an industrious lady. <laughs> yes, thank you, Peter. Yes, I, I'm surprised sometimes when I go there and see what I've written, but um, they've all been books that I've loved doing, and, um, you know, the Holly and the Ivy was followed by The Christmas Tree, which was also um, a little presentation book. And then I like to think I started writing about gardens and gardening properly. And particularly herbs. Isn't that something of an interest of yours? It is. I love growing herbs. And I edit the Herb Society's magazine, which is called Herbs. How long have you done that then? Well, this is my second stint as editor. I was editor for a period of about five or six years, some years ago, and then I left them for a while, and about five years ago, they asked me if I'd come back. I bet they did, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, yeah, so I'm doing it again and enjoying meeting people who love growing herbs for cooking. Some people use them medicinally, um, but I just love them in food, and they're such good garden plants as well. Yeah. Well, we've got some fantastic things when you think of rosemary and lavender. But uh, another reason for wanting to get you on air here was the uh, latest publication, Secret Gardens of East Anglia, a private tour of 22 gardens, written by Barbara Siegel, with photographs by the late Marcus Harper. I mean, how sad that we've lost Marcus. Yeah, Mm. Lovely man. I've been writing a little bit today for my own blog about really how we did the book because I wanted to, you know, make a little appreciation of how wonderful he was in those years when he wasn't very well. I mean, I'm amazed at the quality of the gardens that you found. And and you visited all 25? 22, yes. Sorry, 22. 22, yes, and and a few more um, because there were many we would have liked to have included, but some that we had to make a decision not to because their owners had put them on the market and we felt that we couldn't um, include them for that reason in case they sold and it was a different owner. And as I thumb the pages, you know, there are some gardens that I know. You know, I can see one from uh, Hoverton Hall, for example. Yes. And and I'm sure I did a a short TV programme for... um, BBC Look East, on the gardener's cottage at Hoverton. Uh, You know, when I saw that picture, it sort of brought that back. Back. It's a very, very charming gardener's cottage. And in fact, I was there on Saturday because they were celebrating the fact that they have been open to the public for 25 years. What a coincidence. Mm. Now, of all these gardens... Did you have a favourite, or wouldn't you be? Wouldn't you be? Uh... Ooh, that would be that would be telling. <laughs> no, I I couldn't really choose. I liked them all for different reasons. It would be too hard. <laughs> well, I mean, looking at uh, Reveningham Hall, for example, there's a really lovely border with lupins. I mean, I like lupins, mm. uh, and there's there's some really stunning flowers there. The border there has been there for a long time, but obviously. The plants, you know, are changed and renewed. But it was Sir Nicholas's mother, Lady Priscilla Bacon, I think, who first planted that. At this time of the year, what garden would you sort of recommend as uh, well Mm. worth a visit? Well, I think I would go to Wiccan Hall, which is near Bury St Edmunds, because it's got late summer interest in the hot garden with... um, 
heleniums and dahlias, you know, those hot colours. Alting Wick, which is in Essex, is actually open on Friday and on Sunday, I think. Probably its last openings this year for the National Garden Scheme. Well, that's worth visiting in the spring, isn't it? Because it oh, has fantastic it's tulips, doesn't fantastic it? Fantastic tulips, but it's also got this amazing um, exotic perennial, tender perennial display in the summer. And lots of dahlias, bananas, grasses, and those lovely sort of tall willowy perennials like Verbena banariensis. And can't think of another one now. <laughs> so we've got Suffolk covered and Essex covered. What about Norfolk? Oh, well, Norfolk, I don't know how this happened, but of the 22 gardens, there are seven in Norfolk. So I think Norfolk did very well um, out of all of this. But um, I think at this time of year, I would probably say Hunworth Hall, which people would have to get in touch with the owner and his email is in the book because it's rarely open. But um, that garden is notable for its wonderful hedges and topiary. So yeah. I think at this time of year it would still be looking very good. Yeah. I mean, there are several gardens with quite strong topiary features, aren't there? Yes. You know, they're, they're quite demanding to keep those trimmed keep in, those going. in well, perfect state. The Hunworth Hall garden, um, the owner was a, a teenager there when his parents owned property and he started cutting the hedges then i don't think he realized that he was going to have that to do in his adult life he's gone on planting <laughs> them <laughs> he says it takes three weeks to cut them all boy that's some patience isn't it <laughs> and presumably he used mechanical means for doing that well i think it's a combination because some of the topiary must need a little bit of um individual care i'm just trying to think of the garden um, north of uh, Cambridge, come to me in a minute. The head gardener there was very keen on straight hedges, beach hedges. Uh, oh, a, uh, Abbey, uh, Anglesey Abbey. Anglesey Abbey, couldn't mm. think of the name for the minute. That's and the, right. he, the head gardener's retired there now. But I was walking around with him, uh, and all the hedges were so straight cut, you know, I absolutely, mean, yes, yeah. to a level. And I was sort of referring to this, and he said, yes, there's a beach hedge round the back. And the uh, gardener said to me, you know, do we need to worry about pulling up a line? No one's going to see that one out there. And he said, I'll see it. (laughs) 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 That attention to detail. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Well, he um, is Richard Todd, and he was, um, he helped the garden at... um, number eight in the book, Kirtling Tower, because that's Lord Fairhaven's garden. And, of course, Lord Fairhaven was from Anglesey Abbey. And the um, Richard Todd helped with the establishment of Kirtling Tower Garden. So I got to meet him again, which was lovely. He's a great character, isn't mm. he? He can use a spade. I like people who can use a spade. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> Our Horticultural Society went and visited his home garden, Yes. And by the back door, he has two enormous recycled coppers. And there's a hoster in each one. They are enormous. That's Goodness. Right. And probably not a slug in sight. No, I don't <laughs> think a slug would dare raise its head in <laughs> no, Richard's garden. Definitely not. <laughs> now, what of the future then, Barbara? What have you got on the stocks now? I mean, when you finish a book, for me, it was almost like punishment 
I would try and write so many words every day with my eye on the end. Yes, and definitely. when you send the last one off, it's such a relief to have it finished. <laughs> it is. It's a relief. And then you think, what am I going to do now? <laughs> and then start another one. Yes, and, and, and punish yourself punish again. Punish yourself again, yes. Yeah. Now, I haven't got... A book on the stocks at the moment, but uh, I'm doing a little bit of garden visiting and I'm editing the magazines. The other one that I edit is for the Chartered Institute of Horticulture. The magazine's called The Horticulturist. So that's aimed at professionals in horticulture and gives me another sort of side of the garden horticulture world to be involved in. Well, I really look forward to receiving that. There's been some really good articles in recent editions hasn't there they have thank you there was a lady who was doing work on soil treatments for red currants which uh, that's right she yeah. ran a, a little experiment on her on her allotment with yeah. um or you know how effective they, some of the soil adjuvants are and you get the messages from commercial world too which which have uh, lessons for all of us mm. in terms of plant cultivation. That's right. If we can spread them out yeah. um, to the amateur from the professionals, it, it's great. I wish you every success with, uh, with Marcus and your book. Thank you so much. Secret Gardens of East Anglia. People must go out and get that. Thank you, Peter. A quick word about what's on. At Ford Appy Garden Festival... If you buy a VIP ticket for Saturday the 16th or Sunday the 17th, you'll be entered into a a draw uh, and the chance for two people to win a meeting with uh, Christine Walkton and Charlie Dimmock and have a glass of champagne with them. That'd be a bit of fun, I think. Well, they're both very good fun, and I think they both like a glass of champagne. So you should be in very good company. There's 150 exhibitors there, specialists, nurseries, artisan food producers. I'm not sure what an artisan food producer is, but I presume it's local good food. And then there's local arts and crafts, live music, and you should have a really good day. Thanks again to our sponsor, Thompson & Morgan, and to my producer... Charlie Jones. Enjoy your garden. We'll be back next Thursday. Discover more at sungardening.co.uk. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 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 Mm